Hey, and welcome to our second episode of Go With Nugget. I'm your host, Ranyana Armstrong, and the founder of Nugget, a global community for parents to share and discover travel itineraries for meaningful family vacations. If you are new to the show, Go With Nugget is a brand new travel podcast for parents by parents. In each episode, we talk to local parents about an exciting destination that should be on your family's radar, and we'll discover all the nuggets of advice you need for your perfect family vacation. Today, I am super excited to introduce you to the happiest country in the world and share with you why it's not just an amazing place to live, but also an incredible place to visit, especially with kids. I'm talking about Finland, which in 2018 and 2019 was ranked number one on the World Happiness Report. And when you listen to our guest, Cat Holiday, you will understand why, and you will want to pack your bags and head there right away with your family. At least, that's what I wanted to do after I spoke with Cat. Kat is a mom of two, whose family had the wonderful opportunity to live in Finland for six months. She's also a Nugget contributor, an acclaimed travel writer, and the voice behind the website, The Compass is Calling, where you can find a lot of advice for traveling to Finland with kids. You'll also find more details about Finland for families on our episode page. So when you're done listening, head over to nugget.travel podcast. And if you like the show, please subscribe and leave us a review. That will help us rise to the top page and help us help more parents with their vacation planning. We know planning a family trip can be time-consuming and stressful. We're here to make your life as a parent easier, at least a little. Okay, now let's talk to Kat about Finland and why it's an awesome country to visit with kids. Hey Kat, welcome to Go With Nugget. Hello, thanks for having me. We're so excited to have you on the show and we're here today to talk about Finland and why it is an incredible destination for families. But before we dive into that, could you briefly introduce yourselves and share with us how old your kids are and what your relationship to Finland has been, because I know this, you've lived there for a a while, now you're back in the States. So just share with us a little bit how long you lived there and what kind of experiences you and your family seek out when you travel so that our listeners can get a sense of the type of traveler you are and what you look for. Sure. I'm Kat Holiday. I am an avid traveler both before and after our two kids. They're now six and eight months. And I love helping parents understand that travel doesn't have to end when the little ones arrive, although it might look a little bit different. But I grew up in California and Florida, and I've lived all over since moving out, including France and Finland. We currently live on the eastern shore of Alabama. Yes, Alabama does have beaches and they are pretty ones too. We recently lived in Finland and while we were there, we took the opportunity to travel extensively throughout the country during our time there. It was a country we had not been to previously and just absolutely fell in love with it. I feel like Finland isn't always at the top of people's destination lists, but 
it should be. It is becoming a little bit more popular now, but there is something here for every type of traveler. Our family in particular likes to hike. We like biking. We like nature and culture. And we look for this in every destination. Sometimes it's a little harder to find all of that in one, but Finland has everything. And it's also not very crowded with tourists in some of the further cities from Helsinki. So you often have places completely to yourself unless you're in those bigger cities. That's incredible. And I guess that in a way already answered my next question, which is why you would suggest that families should look into coming to Finland. It sounds like it is still a little off the beaten path. It's definitely growing in popularity, but it's still a place that, as you said, you can escape to crowds that are notoriously found throughout Europe. And yeah, it sounds like there's something for everyone. There really is something for everyone. If wandering through a forest full of snow-capped trees, followed by a relaxing sauna with ice cream or an ice swim sounds interesting, then Finland is for you. Or if you like to hang out at the local farmer's market, sampling sausages and fried fish and ice cream, if that's more your style than Finland has that for you. If you're, the city is your idea of fun, Helsinki has you completely covered. They boast a really metropolitan and stylish downtown, but it's still really close to nature, so you can get away very quickly. If you like animals, a reindeer or husky ride through the silent forests, followed by an overnight in a glass igloo would be right up your alley. Really, I mean, from the northern lights almost every other night to the midnight sun during the summertime, Finland has everything. That sounds amazing. I sort of don't want to tell anyone about it because <laughs> it sounds like something I want to check out before all the people are coming. So for somebody planning a trip with their kids, where do you think they should start? I'm assuming Helsinki, just because that's where the big international airport is. So why don't we start there and talk a little bit about the city, what parents can expect there, what to do there with kids, and the highlights they shouldn't miss in the city. Sure. If you plan to visit the country, I recommend at least a week, two if you can swing it. Two gives you the ability to fly into Helsinki. It's the main airport, the largest airport. It's going to be your most cost-effective option to, to get into the country. Norwegian Air has tremendous flight deals from major cities like New York, Boston, Orlando, Philadelphia, sometimes as little as $150 each way from those cities to Helsinki. So it, it's not really expensive on those budget airlines. And I remember... I remember that they sometimes even have sales where you can get kids up to, I think, 11 or 12 for free. Every once in a while, they'll have a flash sale. And last year, British Airways had, for about six months, kids flew free with the purchase of an adult ticket. So, and that was to anywhere in the world, not just Finland. But yeah, you can find those kids fly free on Finnair a lot and British Airways I've seen last year as well. Okay, great. And so so two weeks is what you I, ideal scenario would be to explore the country. Two weeks would give you the ability to get into Helsinki and then also travel up into Lapland, which is about a 10, 
to 12 hour drive north. So it's not easily accessible if you're only there for a week. That's a long drive. The trains are overnight trains. So that's not really an easy option if you're tight on time. So that two weeks would give you the ability to get all the way up to the north, as well as the main southern cities like Helsinki, Porvu, Turku, and Tampere. And even the Oland or the Oland Islands or Turku archipelago as well. Okay, great. So why don't we, we start with Helsinki in the south and then we'll work our way up north and, and see what else there is to do and, and talk a little bit more about how to get there because I think that is also part of the adventure, the overnight trains. Sure. Helsinki is in the southern half of the country. It's right there on the Baltic Sea. And there is a lot to see here. I would spend at least a week exploring the city and its surrounding towns. Porfu is a very big draw. You see a lot of the Instagram pictures of the tiny little houses along the river. That's Porfu. There's not much else there to see. So a day trip out there and back is, is really all you need for that. But then spend the rest of the time in Helsinki proper. Uh, there is a fabulous chocolate factory called the Fotzer that you can actually take a tour of. And they have done an incredible job of really making this tour enticing for all ages. There's something for everybody to understand on every level. And the best part is unlimited samples while you're there. And they send you away with a goodie bag full of Things. I think two years later, I still have a bag of candy in our pantry. <laughs> There's a ton of, of things that they give you, and it's really, really neat. And it's the main chocolate in Finland. It's their, their staple, their institution. Fotzer has been around for over 100 years, and it's a family company and still a family company. That is so wild, because... That would probably be the last thing I would have associated with Finland, chocolate. <laughs> but now we know. That sounds that sounds like a lot of fun and definitely something kids will enjoy. Absolutely. What else is there in Helsinki that you feel like is a must do with kids in tow? The harbor itself is absolutely beautiful. They're, they've recently done multi-million dollar renovations and built a pool and sauna right there in the Baltic Sea. So the pool is water from the Baltic Sea and you can swim in it year round, whether it's negative 15 or 50 degrees. You can take a swim and then you can go have a sauna and the view from your sauna is just absolutely incredible over the Baltic Sea. So that's something I would recommend. There's plenty of shopping. There's an historic market right on the harbor as well, that you can sample local cuisine, lots of sausages, lots of meats, lots of potatoes, lots of vegetables. It's really surprising how much in Finland, how much produce actually comes from the country. It's, it was shocking to me. I didn't think much would grow other than maybe some potatoes, but they, they produce a lot of their own uh, vegetables and not very many fruits, but a lot of their own vegetables. And most of the meats come from local hunters and farmers as well. Is it like, I'm assuming then the food, is the food culture overall like something that parents who are into food would really appreciate it? 
I think so. Finland isn't really known for its food, but I have to say that I was really impressed everywhere we went, everything I tried. Their sausages are absolutely delicious and you'll find them everywhere on every menu and every grocery store. They are one of the least expensive things that you can buy at the grocery store. And there are at least 50 varieties to choose from in the case at the grocery store. It's almost overwhelming to try and figure out what they are. They're all in Finnish too. So just take a wild guess and who knows what you're going to get. The language is, is a little bit of a barrier when it comes to the grocery store. They also have about 13 varieties of gluten-free flour and about 25 varieties of normal flour. One flour for cinnamon buns, one flour for loaf of bread, one flour for your pizza dough crust. It's not just an all-purpose flour. That was probably the hardest thing for me to to understand when I was trying to just (laughs) have some flour in my cabinets. Well, it's good to know if you're you're renting a place and self-catering. Yes. And really quickly back to the sauna, because I feel like that's definitely something that's always been on. And, you know, I'm picturing when I think about Finland as sauna. But then I'm thinking, okay, if I'm bringing my boys, how am I going to go to the sauna? So is it something where you recommend you leave, you know, one parent hangs out with the kids in the pool and you go in the sauna? Because I'm assuming it's not appropriate to bring kids into the sauna. Finnish kids go in the sauna from birth. Actually, they Finnish women go through labor in a sauna. So the kids are are used to it. They grow up from the time they can really sit until forever in in the sauna. So it's not uh, wow. it's not something that you would be looked at strangely if you brought your kids into the sauna. Most places will have a separate men's and women's sauna and a lot of times if it's at a public pool or a public area they'll have a mixed sauna and in those you would wear your bathing suit or wear something. Otherwise, traditionally in a single sex sauna, it's no clothing. Right, right. But you can bring a towel. Yeah, you can bring a towel and they they do have little, they look like paper towels, but they're plastic coated for you to pull off and sit on when you are in the sauna. So if you've never seen that before, I know in America, they don't have those. And I've always wondered how often do they wash these saunas because I'm sweating and now I'm sitting on someone else's sweat. They have these cute little plastic paper towels that you sit on and you you bring it in with you. You sit on your own, you remove it when you leave and it's very sanitary. And they use their saunas so often that they're cleaned all the time. Right. And did you try bringing your oldest into has has he tried it or He has. He loved it. He would stay in for a few minutes and then he would have to go out just because he wasn't quite used to the level of humidity, but the lower you sit, right. the the cooler it is. So the higher you go, the warmer it is. So I recommend for kids set them on that lower step and if you need a little bit more heat, you go go a little bit higher. That's amazing. And any advice as far, I mean, neither of us is a pediatrician, but what, I mean, I I know you said Finnish kids literally grow up in a sauna, but Mm -hmm. um, for a child that hasn't, has never done this, do you think, would you take any age kids in there or do you feel like a certain age is probably better? 
I would say my son, we, we took him his first time at three years old and we introduced it slowly. We, we let him stay in for just two minutes and then took him out. Uh, we didn't want him to get overheated. And I think I was probably just a little bit overcautious. The Finns looked at me like I was strange, but he'd never <laughs> been in one before. And I wasn't sure. It's, it's a no, I think, dark room yeah, I think and it's closed and it's, it's hot and people are sitting there silently. So I, I didn't want to interrupt anyone and I didn't want him to get antsy. So about two minutes and then he went out rinsed off in a cold shower and then came back for another two minutes. Then we went out, rolled in the snow, came back, sat for another two minutes. So overall, the whole process took about 30 minutes, but I only kept him in there two to three minutes at a time. Got it. But that sounds amazing. I mean, what a remarkable experience. And I feel like that that is definitely something you don't want to miss if you go there because it's such an integral part of their culture. It is. It's definitely one of the things that I miss the most. I miss having a sauna at the end of a rough day. Just that relaxation, you feel, you feel like you can do anything after you come out of a sauna session. And it's not just sitting in the sauna for 15 minutes like we do here. It's You sit in the sauna for 15 minutes, then you come out and you either go ice swimming or roll in the snow. So the, the extreme temperature change is part of what kind of shocks your body into this crazy relaxed state that I haven't found anything yet comparable. That would explain why Scandinavian people overall are, have a very, very relaxed temper. Like I feel like I've never really found anyone that, you know was like they all seem very balanced um, they do and so okay so sauna we covered that we talked a little bit about food and the market remind me is that the the indoor market that you were talking about mm-hmm. it's called Kalpahali, and you'll find one of those in most larger cities it's the central market the main main market and it's it's literally translates to hall or store so it's it's in this big room and and there's different stalls and they're all local farmers or fishermen and sausage makers all varieties of food are are going to be there so you'll find everything you need for any meal of the day that sounds amazing so what else is there i know there's there's a udesco heritage fort in on an island like just off of helsinki yes. There is. It's uh, Swamalina, and I would definitely take the ferry over there. It's really reasonable, a couple euros per person. Kids are free, and it's an island. It's just a few minutes away from the city center, and it has an old fort. There's small shops, a church, plenty of places to do, have ice cream. It's really a great place for a nice, quiet afternoon adventure to get out of the city. I recommend going on a sunny day. We went once when it was cold and windy and it just wasn't as much fun as a a warm summer day when there was no snow everywhere. You could really see the flowers blooming and the grasses and it felt like just a different place to Helsinki, whereas the winter, everything kind of looked the same, gray and snowy. Yeah, I... 
I know you, you submitted an itinerary for Nugget with the fort. And I remember seeing the photos for the first time and they were all these beautiful bright blue and yellow flowers all around the fort, which, was, which just looked really, really, really pretty. Okay, so the fort, anything else that... The Helsinki Cathedral, the main square that you see all the pictures of Helsinki, that big white domed building, that's neat to to walk around. You can't go inside, unfortunately, so that is kind of disappointing, but it's still, you know, it's kind of one of those things that you're in the city, you have to go see it. And there's another church that you can go in, or two that I recommend. One is you can see from the square and it's an orthodox a Finnish orthodox church so it kind of looks Russian like the onion domes and the gold lots of gold and the dark tile on the outside it's right on the harbor out overlooking the water and it's kind of up on a little hill so that is a very beautiful church you can actually go inside and see and then also there's the church of the rock which is a church that was dug into a rock in the middle of the city. So it's very unassuming from the outside. It just looks like this big granite rock dome. And then you walk inside and the architecture and the colors that they've used against the rock and the copper and absolutely beautiful. That sounds amazing. Those will definitely appeal more to the parent. What is there as a, so if you go and look at these churches, is there anything you combine it with that... Would then appeal to the little ones? Well, kids kids are really welcome everywhere in Finland, from restaurants to department stores. You're going to find small tables full of crayons and coloring sheets, toys everywhere. They have microwaves for your formula. On almost every corner, there's a spectacular park that's just waiting for your child to climb as high as they can. Warning, helicopter parents should beware. Finland believes that learning is best achieved through a little bit of risk in play. So some of their towers on the playground are a lot taller than you would see in other countries and a lot more precarious looking. But try to just step back and let your kids explore because It really is amazing the things that they'll push themselves to do if they're given the chance. And don't worry if you have an accident and you do have to go to the hospital. They take amazing care of you and it costs next to nothing. We had an ER visit for a broken tooth and two x-rays and two doctors, a dentist and a, a bone doctor. Later, we left with an eight euro bill, which is about $10 in U.S., That's okay. So um, we're now going to start the trend of medical <laughs> tourism <laughs> to Finland. Wow. We had a similar situation. That bill was not $8. No, it's crazy um, in America how expensive just walking through those doors of the ER is before you even have any, any service. Just walking through the doors, you're hit with a huge bill. But that's great. So now we've even touched already on, you know, those lo some of the logistical items like healthcare is really good and you don't have to worry. Like it's if something happens, it sounds like you can find skilled help that's not only affordable and, and they speak English, right? Like I mean, most people do speak English. You'll find a lot of the 
older people, you may have a more difficult time, but everyone speaks basic English. The younger generation is fluent and knows even more words for tree names and and things than than we do. So it's amazing actually how well they speak. They're embarrassed sometimes to speak it because they don't use it very often, but they speak very, very well. So for somebody who may not have traveled as much or is, you know, I, I know definitely from a lot of families in the Nugget communities that are ready to take that first big trip overseas. Language barriers are, is, is always a big concern. So mm-hmm. it's good to know that that's less likely to happen here. Okay, so the playground sounds like something my boys would absolutely love. And there is there anything else specifically for kids that you feel like parents would want to do in Helsinki? Or do you want to you want to move on to some other parts in the southern part of Finland that, that you could maybe reach by day trip or like multi-day excursions? Sure. In Helsinki proper, I don't have any particular must-see specifically for kids. Our son and now daughter are used to kind of doing a lot of adult things with playgrounds mixed in. So in Helsinki, we really didn't didn't do a strictly kid day of kid things. But like I said before, there's something for children everywhere you go, you'll find. And people are really nice to kids. So if they see a child who doesn't look happy, they will try to give them a treat or something to, to get them to smile. Got it. Okay, so then so then let's let's venture out of Helsinki. Where should families turn to next? The next largest city in Finland is called Tampere. This is the city that we actually lived in and it's an industrial city. At first glance it looks dark and gray, but Two days here, you can explore really amazing nature and you'll find a lot of the textiles that Finland is famous for here. It's about a two-hour car ride and about an hour and 45-minute train ride north of Helsinki. And the train system is phenomenal. You can buy your ticket and jump on the train. They're always on time. There are very few logistical issues with the trains there. Um, same with driving in a car. It's not not very difficult. Although in the wintertime, if you aren't used to driving in snow or ice, you may want to take that into consideration. But in Tampere, you will find Finlayson, which is it's an institution in Finland. And they have a textile workers museum that has tons of of hands-on, kid-friendly activities. And it's really, really interesting as well for both the adults and the kids. It talks about 100 years ago how the textile industry came to Finland and how some of the graphic design uh, that Finland is pretty well known for, and Scandinavia and the Nordic countries in general are known for their graphics as well. If you've ever heard of Mari Meko, she's from Finland. Yeah. So you'll find find those. And this is where I would buy all of your souvenirs if you're interested in textiles from tablecloths to duvet covers to hand towels, anything like that, that that you have people who you want to bring something back home for. This is a traditional Finnish gift and it is made right here. Nothing is made in China or 
anywhere else. It's all made right there in Tampere. That sounds incredible. And I, lo- I love those patterns. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time in Denmark growing up. So I, I know exactly what you mean when you talk about the Nordic patterns. I feel like I got yeah. I got Right and bold. and Yeah. And, but also geometric. very geometric. Like that's mm-hmm. like very clean lines, but bright colors. I, I really, I, I personally, I really like them. And I can see how they make a great yeah. gift. So you would say like two days here? Or I would spend two days there if you go in the summer and you, you want to do something that the kids will absolutely remember for the rest of their life. I would spend the day at Sarkanyemi. It's an amusement park with rides and carnival games. But the neat thing about this amusement park is that you don't pay an entry fee. You only pay for the rides that you want to ride. So it's like a very small Disneyland in terms of the neat things that it offers, but instead of paying an exorbitant entry fee and only seeing half of it the day that you go, you only pay for the rides that you want to ride, which we thought was amazing because we didn't want to necessarily ride rides every time we took our son. So we purchased an annual pass for him and he got to ride everything and and we just watched for free. Oh, okay. That's yeah, and that I guess that's also a great cost saving, you know, opportunity because like I'm I'm not really into rides, so I would I would happily just sit there and watch and not have mm-hmm. to pay for the ticket. Yeah. And it's only open in the summer, so so that you would want to want to wait. They also have uh, an aquarium there on the property and a tower that is Nasinuela is the tower and it is the tallest tower in Finland and you take an elevator all the way to the top and then when you get to the top you can kind of walk around 360 degrees and see out all over all of Tampere and the lakes and then if you go down one level there's a restaurant that the floor spins so as you're eating dinner you have a different view every few minutes when you look up and that's pretty neat it's a it would it's a higher end restaurant but they still welcome kids they have a kids menu and and have things but that would be maybe a splurge night out got it okay that sounds like fun and then do we want to keep continuing north or do you want to talk a little bit about the coast i i remember you mentioned earlier is it turku 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 mhm Turku is a southwest coastal town, and a weekend here or two to three days is perfect. They have a medieval castle that is phenomenal. It's the most amazing castle I've ever been to, and I've been to a lot of castles. When I first walked up to this castle, I didn't think much of it. It looked like a big white building, if you will. It didn't have the spires and the towers and the turrets that, you know, the the romantic medieval castles have that, you know, maybe when you think of Germany, you think of Neuschwanstein or something like that. So it was such a surprise to go in and see how well they've preserved this this building and to see the progression over time of how the castle started to where it is now and the number of rooms, just the sheer number of areas that you're allowed to go in is, is unbelievable. It felt like it was never ending. We probably walked three or four miles 
within the castle, just looking at all of the rooms. So it's a really amazing self-guided tour. Probably the best part of the castle, and if you asked my son, this is what he would say, they have a dress-up room in one area that is really, really cool. They You can try on knight's armor that is feels like it's actual knight's armor from medieval times. It is heavy. You can try on dresses. You can try on crowns, hats, swords. Wow. It, it's really, really neat. We all had fun with the dress I, up. I, I don't think I know of any castle where you can do that. And, and me too. I mean, I've I visit a lot of castles. That's amazing. And how are the crowds? I mean, is it, as you described the rest of Finland, like, is it pleasant or are you being, you know, shoved through the castle and have to fight for the costumes with other people? We, uh, we went there three times. It was such a great castle that we took people who came to visit us every time they would come in. And I cannot recall a single time that we had to wait for any dress up clothes in any of the rooms. During the summer, they actually have a, a whole kids area with puppets and you can do shows and a lot more, a lot more. But during the winter, it's silent in the castle. They, you aren't seeing another person in any of the rooms wow. that you go to. You'll see a docent here and there, but you pretty much have the place to yourself. During the summer, it gets a little more crowded, but nothing like what you think of when you think of you know, the popular castles in Europe that you're in a group of 40 people being shuttled through. You can spend as much time or as little time as you want through the castle. That sounds magical. And getting there, is that something that's easily done by train? Is the town connected to Helsinki with public transportation? There is a direct train to Turku from Helsinki. There's also a train from Tampere to Turku. So if you kind of wanted to make a loop and never physically go back to Helsinki after you spent a, a week there, you wouldn't have to. You can just kind of make a circle and get there or you can you can go clockwise or counterclockwise, whichever your preference was, and get there. Great. The other town that I remember from your itineraries is is a little further north along the coast from Turku. It's also, I think, a UNESCO heritage site. It's the historic village of, is it Rauma? Rauma, yes. Rauma is, is a beautiful little town, and it's about... I'd say it's about an hour north of Helsinki, accessible by train. And you can get to the old town from the train station fairly easily. And you can walk. It is a, a bit of a walk if you if you do that. Or you could rent a car and you can park right in town. Of course, they also have taxis that can drop you off easily as well. And Rauma is really, really cute. Just these old homes, all wooden from the 1600s. They're all painted, nice, soft pastel colors, and they're all individually named. Every family has a name, and it's it's the largest concentration of preserved homes in Finland that are that date back to, to this age. 
And it's just a beautiful area. If you're there in the winter, it's completely empty. There's no one on the streets. So it feels, it's very magical. Almost everywhere in Finland, if you're there in the winter, in the southern part of the country, you're the only one there. Now, Lapland is a different story because everyone goes there in winter. But in the southern half of the country, you will find that there are hardly any tourists. In fact, most people will ask, why'd you go there in the winter? Why'd you come here in the winter? And they, they just don't understand because they look forward to summer all year long and they only get about 40 days of summer. So it's surprising to the Finns when people want to travel to their country in the southern half in the wintertime. But I think that's actually a great topic because time of the year, um, and normally I ask this question later, but since we've been talking about it now, because Finland, obviously, because it's so far north, the winter, the days are very, very short, right? You only get a few hours of daylight, maybe, or twilight, I guess. What's your recommendation as far as time of the year of coming? Because you've been raving about the winter time. So now you totally get me sold on like, okay, maybe I'll actually come to Finland in <laughs> January, <laughs> which I would have never thought because I was like, okay, I guess the only time I can come is July or August. So what times of the year do you recommend and for what reason and how, and how do you cope with the darkness yeah. if you go into winter? It, it's definitely a different world. The, and it really depends on what you like in, in your travels. If you want something completely different that you've never experienced before, I would recommend the winter because you'll, you won't experience anything else like it ever again. And it really is a magical time of year. You can hike across frozen lakes and you can hike to the lighthouse that's in the middle of the lake that's normally surrounded by water. And there's something that's just odd about doing that. Sitting there, they have a sausage stand in a tent that someone has put up that they sell sausages and hot cocoa and coffee on the lake. On the lake. And you just can't do that anywhere else. And so some, I don't, I was nervous about living in Finland in the wintertime as well. And living in Florida and California, I didn't even own a jacket before visiting Finland. So I was nervous and I was completely wrong about being nervous because as long as you're dressed properly, there is nothing to worry about. You want a good pair of boots that are waterproof and I wouldn't worry about fashion in Finland. You're not going to be judged on what you're wearing. So wear those boots your whole trip because one, they're going to be comfortable. They're going to keep your feet warm and two, they're going to help you from help keep you from slipping on the sidewalks when they're frozen. Some of the sidewalks in the bigger cities have heating elements underneath so that it melts the snow and ice. But when you get out further into the smaller cities or, or you're hiking across the frozen lake, you're not going to have that. If you have a good pair of thermals and a good pair of warm pants over the thermals and a really nice winter jacket, I recommend down and a scarf, you're fine. Um, we never, ever felt uncomfortable in, in any of our time there, except the night that we slept in the snow castle. That was a little bit cold. But other than that, we, we never 
we never got cold. And it, it was shocking to me because I, I'm cold in my house when it's below 75. So I was thinking, gosh, negative 15. I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle this. But we went to the park every single day. My son played in the snow, in the sleet, in the rain, and it didn't matter what was going on. And Finland actually has a saying that there, there's no bad weather. There's only bad clothes. And it's so true. Okay, so get the right clothes and you come in the winter and have a magical time, have to place at least the southern part of Finland all to yourself. Yes. What is it like in summer? I mean, it sounds like that's when more people are there. What's the appeal? Summer is why would you beautiful. It's I think it's probably more beautiful if you've been there through the winter because you've you've seen this cold, gray, dark for months and months and months. And then you, you literally see the days getting longer every day. From January, you have six hours of daylight. It's only really light from 10 to 3.30. So it's kind of depressing, but every single day from there, the days get longer by about 15 minutes. So you can see a huge progression from day to day. And by the summertime in June, the sun never sets. So you have, they call it the midnight sun. You have it all day long and the fins really come out of their shells in the summertime. They have parties, they go to their lake cottages, they are out doing lots of things that they wouldn't be able to do in the winter, although they do make a good good effort to do almost everything in the winter as well. But it's beautiful, it's sunny, it's not warm, I wouldn't say warm, but maybe you might get up to 75 degrees. So I would still bring a sweater and maybe a light jacket uh, in the summertime, but it's it's really nice. I, I don't know how, how else to describe it, but I think summertime is probably more magical if you've been there through the winter. If you go there in the summer just to visit, you might be a little disappointed because you don't feel like it's summer to the average person. It's not summer. It feels still really cold. It feels like maybe February or March in the middle, you know, central US or some somewhere. So it's, it's still pretty chilly for the average person. So it's It's not really a, a summer destination, but the hiking in the summertime is beautiful. And, you know, the forests, you can forage for berries in the forests. They, they do a lot of, uh, of berry picking and there's no law against picking anything that you find in the forest. So you can, you can find mushrooms and you can find lingonberries and there's an Arctic berry. I'm It's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't recall the name of it. Cloud berries, lots of different different berries that you can find, and and that's fun too. But you can only do that for a few for a month in the summer. All right, so we have a good sense now about time of the year. Do you, since we spend so much time talking about the winter, <laughs> do you want to talk about Lapland next, or or sure. is there anything else in the southern part that you wanted to make sure we at least touched on briefly, so parents have it on their radar? The in the summertime, a really two really good places to go in the summertime if that's when you choose to go. The Turku Archipelago 
it's a very great way to see nature and you kind of travel through these I think it's 26,000 islands via a combination of roads and ferries. Summertime is really the only time you can go because all of the ferries are open. Some only run in the summertime. And so you might get stuck and have to come you know, back. You won't be able to make a full circle of the archipelago, but that you can stay in a, a self-serve cabin and kind of just get away from everything. There aren't a lot of highlights to the archipelago other than nature. So if hiking and water views and seclusion are what you're after, that's a real big draw. But if you prefer islands with more to do, there's a ferry from Helsinki to the Oland Islands. And the main town there called Mariahamn is there between Sweden and Finland kind of dead in the center of the Baltic between those two countries. The official language is Swedish, but it is officially part of Finland. There's a long history there that I won't go into, but it, here you can, you can bike and you can hike and shop with artisans that are local, eat great seafood. And again, really the summertime is kind of when you would want to want to visit there. All right. Those both sound also very magical. And you mentioned in the archipelago, do you, like how much time, if that's what you, you know, if, if somebody really wants to immerse themselves in nature with kids, how many days do you need to, like, do you travel around it or do you pick a home base and then explore? It's up to you. You can travel around, kind of travel in a circle and stay one night in a cabin and then continue on and stay the next night around the circle, or you can kind of go halfway and then take your days out from there. Three days would be a really good amount of time to see it and get a feel for, for that culture. And same with the Oland Islands, three days is plenty of time. Okay, great. And you said main ferry departure points for the Oland Island would be from Helsinki or is it a different town? For the Oland Islands, you're going to want to go from either Turku or Helsinki. Okay, great. They have, have them both places. Before we continue our tour with Kat, I want to pause for a second and share with you a little about our other travel podcast. This one is actually for the nuggets in your life and it's called Go With Nugget for Kids. In each episode, we talk to a local child about what it's like to grow up where they live so that your little ones can learn about different countries and cultures firsthand from another kid, someone who speaks their language, so to speak. So when you're done listening to this episode, search for Go With Nugget for Kids and listen with your entire family. Now back to Kat. Okay, so I know it's... As we're recording this, it's the beginning of summer. So it feels a little weird talking about Santa Claus, but I feel like <laughs> um, since apparently his official hometown is also in Finland, why don't we move yes. why don't we move north and talk about Lapland? And I know there's a lot more to it. So you pick with what you want to start, because I know there's, you know, amazing nature again. There's animals. You mentioned the reindeers and the huskies earlier. So where in Lapland should parents go, how are they going to get there, and what will families experience there? Sure. First of all, Lapland is, is a generic term for kind of the northern part of the country. When you go to Lapland, you're not 
physically going to a specific city. So Lapland encompasses many cities in the north. And there are several that are quite popular right now. Lapland is really a big draw for tourists. And because it's most popular in the wintertime, they have just a, a short window of time when they can actually accommodate the tourists. So the prices do reflect that. Lapland and Helsinki are probably the most expensive areas uh, of Finland. But Instagram has made those glass igloos highly sought after. So people are willing to pay anything to stay in those. And more are being built each year in the northern part of the country to accommodate that demand. So the prices may come down over time, but they're pretty amazing. And you're not going to find them in the southern half of the country, namely one, because it's a big glass dome. And when the sun hits it, if you're inside, it's hot. So in the wintertime, it's okay, because you want it to be warm. But in the summertime, it would be like a, like one of those camp ovens you used to make in Girl Scouts. It definitely is hot inside. The northern lights up here are phenomenal because there are so few cities and and the cities that you do find most of those glass igloos are a little bit out of the city so you don't have the light pollution so you have these vast dark skies they're best seen from november through march although they can be seen other times of the year but most and strongest are typically november to march and then of course the further north you are the better your chances are of seeing them That is something that I recommend everyone try to see, but I don't recommend a tour for these. You will find lots of tour companies offering buses and, and trips to chase the Northern Lights. And this, it's such a, it's almost a religious experience seeing these that I just can't imagine sitting next to 25 other people ooing and aahing over this. It's just, it's such a personal, amazing experience that I, I really recommend getting a car and chasing them yourself. It is, it's so moving and it's addictive too. Once you see them one time, you want to go every night and look for them. All you have to do is rent a car and drive out toward the darkness. The thing about it is people will tell you, oh, we know where to go. And Finland is pretty flat. There aren't really many big mountains. So nothing is really going to block your view of the Northern Lights. If they're out that night, you're going to see them. So it's not just because you took one tour company versus another versus yourself. No one is seeing anything different. So I just recommend getting a car, driving out toward the darkness, find a lavu, which is a, it's like a public shelter on three sides. And then it's got a fire pit in front And anyone is allowed to use these. They're usually on the edges of lakes, which is perfect because when you're in front of a lake, you have this vast opening in which to see the lights if they're going to be out. So there's nothing impeding your view. Build a fire, roast sausages with the kids while you wait, bring a chocolate bar or two from Fotzer, and they usually are going to peak around midnight to 3 a.m. So this is going to be a late night for the kids, but I promise it's worth the maybe some meltdowns the next day or maybe even that <laughs> night uh, <laughs> if your kids are prone to meltdowns when they get really tired. But 
just plan on a late night. It's worth it. Bring blankets to bundle them up. And if they get sleepy, put them in the car, lay them down in the car. We did that with our son. He was out with us for a while and then he got a little too cold. So he wanted to go lay down and we just put him in the car, checked on him every few minutes and do it that way. It truly is an experience that is a once in a lifetime thing that you will never, ever forget. And if you want to get photos of the Northern Lights, I know a lot of people say that they choose or chose a tour company because they provided them with pictures or they talked them through how to set up their cameras. I have a how-to guide on my website that you know kind of just walks you through how to take pictures of the Northern Lights. It's not that hard. Long Great. exposure and... Um, and a tripod. And a tripod, exactly. So don't fall for the the don't fall don't get scared that you're you have to take a tour because you want the pictures and you just aren't going to get them on your own. I promise you, you can do it. Um, All right, and and we'll link to we'll link to that guide so that people can find it and read it. And it sounds like I mean part of the fun is just is just being out there and waiting for them. And um, and is there roasting the sausage and and eating your chocolate bar and talking as a family? I mean, how many people really talk anymore with the family? Somebody's always on the phone and somebody's always online or on a an iPad or something. There's very little time where you spend together, and your phone is not going to survive the cold very long. The batteries drain really quickly. very good point. So <laughs> after about two hours, there isn't much to do other than talk to each other. So it's it's another great way to kind of just bond as a family. And is it, I mean, from your experience trying to find them in, you know, between November and March, have you ever had times where you went out and you didn't see them at all? Yes, but you can look at the forecast and that what we tried to do is we we tried to look at the forecast and decide is it going to be worth sitting outside in the cold if the if there's not really a chance for what's it called and there basically the northern lights are storms in the sky and so the website actually shows you the chances of the storm and the strength of the storm so if it's Got really it. strong it'll show you you know, kind of an, a range of places that you might be able to see them or the best chances of seeing them, you know, from this latitude north is your best chance of seeing them. So it's not foolproof by any means, but you can kind of gauge whether or not you're going to be able to see them. And sometimes it's just a little flash and sometimes it's hours and hours of, you know, dancing lights. So it's, it, and that's kind of what makes it fun. You never know what you're going to get and you never know how, how bright or, or how dim they're going to be. So it's for adults, it's definitely something that is really exciting because you don't know what you're going to get. It's harder to explain that to kids, but when you do see them, when they see them, then they, they get really excited. Yeah, and I think for for parents with older kids, it's it's a great science teaching moment. Mm -hmm. So, okay, great. So, what else is there a specific part in the northern part of Finland that you would recommend making a home base in the winter month 
Rovaniemi and Levy are the two kind of top Lapland cities. Both are going to have the glass igloos. Both are going to have reindeer and husky rides and great food. Um, but Rovaniemi has the added bonus of being the official home of Santa Claus. And you can meet him for free. Pictures do cost money, but you can walk through his workshop. You can have lunch on property. You can visit his reindeer. Some of the things to do cost money, but you can kind of make that day what you want and you can spend as much or as little as you want that day too. We made that day really reasonable in price by you know picking and choosing. We'd already seen reindeer the day prior, so we didn't spend money to go see Santa's reindeer. They, they're all Santa's reindeer in Lapland. But we did go see Santa Claus, and I think my son was just, he could hardly speak. He was so flabbergasted that, you know, he was seeing this mythical creature in his own habitat, and he spoke five languages to him because he, Garrett wouldn't speak at first. I think he was just in shock. So, you know, first Santa tried in Finnish and when Garrett didn't respond, he tried in French and then he tried in Russian and then he tried in German. And then finally he got to English and, and Garrett still wasn't responding, but it was amazing to see the reaction of, of the kids. And it's just so cool. And it's truly the best Santa Claus I've ever seen. <laughs> he yeah, well, was I, I, authentic. It has to be. <laughs> and if you go, check out his hands. His hands are the size of basketballs. They were huge. And that's how he is able to hold all those presents. It was it was amazing. Ah. All right. So so not just a, a tourist trap, it's actually worth doing. It's worth doing, I think. And, and again, like I said, you can you can spend a lot of money there if you want, or you can spend nothing. It's really what you make it. We had lunch there, and it was not, I, I didn't feel it was overpriced. The gift shop was a little pricey, but they have to make their money somewhere. Right, right, right. And so you mentioned a reindeers and a husky. Any advice for parents there as far as Picking an outfitter, picking a desk, like a where you're going to do that. Is one town better than mm -hmm. the other? Anything to look out for? I would do a little bit of research and make sure that you are choosing an outfitter that is ethical with, with the animals. Yeah, I think that's um, we chose Sephardica. It's like Antarctica and Safari combined, sort of. They were very upfront and about the husky farm and how the animals were raised and treated. And, and the farm also took you on a tour and talked about that as well. We felt very comfortable with them. But do your research and, and you want to find one that's ethical. There are definitely horror stories like everywhere. You know, you've heard about it in Alaska and it's the same everywhere. These are animals. But the huskies, this is what they do. They like running in the snow. They like pulling the sledges. This is their job. This is what they were born to do and raised to do. So they're careful with weight and making sure everything is distributed properly so the dogs aren't hurt and they're, they bring water and food on the trip for the dogs. So 
we felt very comfortable and confident with them. But definitely, that's something that I kind of always have in the back of my mind when I'm looking at these types of tours. And I understand that some people, you know, this isn't for them at all, because it does involve animals. But um, no, and I, I think you can make that decision for yourself. Yeah. And I think, I mean, thanks to the internet, it's, you have tools to research, you know, who gets, who seem to be taking care of the animals. Speaking of animals, any other animal experiences? I'm just thinking about children who are really into animals. Are there ways to see other Nordic animals more in their natural habitat? It's very difficult to spot reindeer in their natural habitat. There are they do move in herds and uh, reindeer are actually not, there aren't any wild reindeer in Finland. They are all owned by the Sami people. So technically they aren't wild, even though they do run wild. It's kind of like the, the sheep in Ireland. They're all tagged by their owner's color. So, you know, if you do come across one, you know who it belongs to, but it's, there are no fences and, you know, they're not being held captive. But they're very difficult to spot in the in the wild. You might see some Arctic foxes. You might see some elk. And they're pretty rare as well. But if you do any hikes or snowshoeing through Lapland, you may come across some elk and some Arctic foxes. Okay. That sounds great. Anything else that you would recommend families check out? in that part of Finland? If you visit in March, Rovaniemi hosts reindeer races. And it's the funniest thing you've ever seen. And it's something that you will, won't see anywhere else in the world. I, I almost guarantee it. There's, they have heats. It's kind of just like you know a regular foot race. They have each heat, two reindeer, and each reindeer pulls a skier behind them down Main Street in town. The street is covered with snow and this is normally a street that cars drive down, but they've moved the snow from the sidewalks and they've piled it into the street. And there's just heat after heat of reindeer pulling skiers okay. down the street. And it's the funniest thing I've ever seen, but it's so Finnish. It's just something that uh, you you're not going to see it anywhere else. It's really okay. funny. Um, okay. In in the summertime, if you go in the summer, you you can see the annual wife carrying championship, uh, where the husbands carry the wives through obstacle courses. Interesting. Um, or you can also see the annual cell phone throwing contest, and whoever throws their cell phone the farthest wins. They also have contests of if you in the forest the groups of people will get together and sit on anthills naked and whoever can sit on the anthill the longest wins so you can tell there are long long winters in I was about to say. come up with a lot of things to do <laughs> uh, <and it> <laughs> to keep like, themselves busy it sounds like my my boys would be in heaven uh, especially <laughs> with watching the last that ant yeah, <laughs> competition. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I, I'm just keeping a little eye on the clock because we've talked already for an hour and I feel like we could probably talk for oh, wow. another hour. So just, you know, because I know, you know, 
parents listening, they're, they're obviously always pressed for time. So anything else in Lapland that we want to touch on before we sort of take, you know, a look at some of the logistical things that just families should be aware of and have in mind? No, nothing Nothing else in Lapland. There are snow castles there as well. So if you feel like spending the night on a block of ice, they have those there for you. Um, if you just <laughs> you, want to tour it for the day as well, you can do that. But the, uh, yeah, I don't recommend you, you, sleeping you in slept, one. You, you tried sleeping in one, right? We did. And it was the last time we'll ever do it. It was fun and it was a once in a lifetime experience, but it was really cold at about three o'clock in the morning. It was fine in the beginning of the night. They give you an Arctic sleeping bag, but at the end of the day, you're still on a block of ice and it's cold. It's negative okay. five degrees inside mm. at all times. So it, it's a very refreshing night of sleep, but it's cold. <laughs> so I wouldn't, so, I wouldn't do it again. Okay. So let's stick with the day tour. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk just logistically really quickly. You mentioned earlier public transportation, the train system is pretty good. So you can actually get from Helsinki to all the places we've talked about with public transportation. You don't really need a car. Anything else as far as getting around with kids, moving around with kids that, that you feel like is worth mentioning? You mentioned, you know, driving in the snow, that that's definitely something that if you're not familiar with, you're probably not going to, you don't want to test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anything else on that note as far as? Just in terms of logistics, most places have elevators. So if you have a stroller, you don't need to worry about lugging it upstairs. Most of the grocery stores have a small section for kind of personal hygiene products. The larger grocery stores like Prisma or Socos are going to have more variety. You'll find diapers, wipes, just about anything that you need. Prisma is kind of like a Target or Walmart in the States. So you you have everything in one place, whereas a lot of the other stores are a grocery store is just a grocery store and a pharmacy is just a pharmacy. And it's not like CVS where they also sell food and they may also sell makeup or, you know, it's, it's just for certain things. And I feel like most of Europe is, is kind of segmented like that, but yeah. you do have a lot more of the, the Western culture of the, the bigger box stores kind of coming in. So you, you are starting to see that a little bit, but if you're in town, they may be harder to find. So Okay. And um, speaking of stroller, I mean, for families with younger kids, I can see a stroller in Helsinki, but I'm assuming you don't want to bring a stroller in the winter. In the big cities, you won't have an issue with a stroller. In fact, most of the mothers have their strollers, or they call them prams, at all times of the year. On the sidewalks, I mentioned previously that in most of the cities, they have heated elements underneath, so it melts the snow and the ice, so you're fine with the strollers there. Okay, that's great. You may may not want to bring it to Lapland. You might want to carry air for up there. <laughs> okay. And as far as navigating Helsinki, do you is it mostly walkable or are you taking buses, trams? How do you move around and Helsinki is a much larger city than other cities in the country. I would say Helsinki might be the only place that you might want to take public transportation within the city. They have a tram several trams and lines that go all throughout the city. And then of course, buses as well. Every other city in Finland is completely walkable. Our three-year-old did every city. I did not bring a stroller when we moved there and he walked everywhere. 
every time. Wow, that's impressive. He must be a very good walker. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) He's used to, to walking a lot. We haven't used a stroller since he was two. And we usually do about five to seven miles a day. Wow. In cities or or hikes. So All right. You're setting you're setting the bar high for a lot of us out here. <laughs> okay. And is it true? I mean, I've had this conversation with another Nugget contributor who lives in Stockholm. Their buses and public transportation in the city is actually free for parents with a stroller. Is the same true for Helsinki? In I'm not sure about the parents, but I know that the kids up to six years, most places, including train fare, is free. So that can save a lot of money yeah. on, on travel. And the ferry rides as well are, are oftentimes free. And sometimes, you know, if you're taking a ferry to Oland Islands, which is, you know, several hours, or to Estonia, to Tallinn, it's, you know, maybe a 25 or 30 euro ferry fee. So the kids are free, that saves. I mean, if you have more than one kid, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I I mean, we've, we have families with three or four kids and, and they always laugh when somebody says, oh, it's only $15, $20 because they're like, well, if four kids, $20, that's $80 plus me mm-hmm. and my partner. So we're looking at $120 mm-hmm. and that's not cheap. So that's great. And speaking of cost, how do you, you mentioned earlier, I mean, the winter is definitely the most expensive time, especially in the North and in Helsinki. Are there any other recommendations you have as far as how families can save money, what to look out for? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's kind of tough in Finland because Finland, like all Scandinavian and Nordic countries, is just inherently expensive. But if you aren't staying just in Helsinki, you can actually find really good prices on almost everything. I felt like we maybe at the grocery store spent a little bit more on certain items, but a lot less on other items. Like a gallon of milk was about 80 cents, but you know maybe an avocado was $3. So it all kind of evened out in the end, and I didn't feel like we actually spent more than normal. Now, if you eat out at a restaurant every single day, then obviously you're going to add more money. But the grocery store, you know, if that's an easy way to save money, especially on lunches, if you really do want to just eat out for your dinnertime meal or switch it around, maybe eat out for lunch and eat in for dinner at your hotel. And most of the hotels, if you're staying at anything that is a Finnish branded hotel, they all serve breakfast and it's a really good breakfast too. It's not just a La Quinta continental breakfast. It's a spread. My husband likes to rate and judge hotels on whether or not they have smoked salmon. And so if it has smoked salmon, it's a great breakfast. But if that's missing, then it's just okay. Um, All right. Well, that's another great segue. Let's talk about smoked salmon and and just food in general because some parents you know they as you said earlier I mean you you have kids it changes how you travel but it doesn't change what your interests are so for those parents that really want to try local cuisine you mentioned earlier the sausages seafood I mean salmon definitely is something that I always think of when I think about Finland like smoked salmon are there any particular dishes that you feel like parents should not miss if they want to try something local? And, and are there any that 
maybe particularly appealing to kids? Do they have any kind of snacks or treats or what's a typical meal that a Finnish kid would eat and that, you know, kids visiting would also enjoy? Probably the meatballs with mashed potatoes. It's pretty standard. It's pretty bland on the scale of, you know, dancing on your tongue, but they're delicious, absolutely delicious. And I don't, I haven't met a kid yet that doesn't like them. And their mashed potatoes are really delicious as well. It's a, a Scandinavian Nordic potato that, you know, only grows up there. It's a little bit yellower, but they're so smooth and creamy. They're absolutely delicious. If you're brave, try the muiku. It's a tiny fried fish served whole. It's about maybe three inches long and you kind of just pop them in your mouth. They're mostly served in the summertime at farmer's markets, but they just come right there off the drum that they're cooking them on and you can have them. They're tasty, but I think it's kind of hard to get a child to put a whole fish into their mouth. It's kind of something that just says, oh, wait a second. No, this is not right. So that that's for the brave, but that's a, it's very traditional as well. Finland is very, very allergen friendly because they have a lot of lactose and gluten allergies there for some reason. So everything at the grocery stores and in the restaurants is labeled for gluten and nut and milk allergies and occasionally others as well. My husband has celiac disease and he actually found more to eat in Finland than he had eaten in 10 years. So it was incredible for, for that. And it's really easy to navigate and the waiters are very well trained. So they know if it's something that, you know, can't even be cross-contaminated, that they will go out of their way to make sure that you're safe and, and you're, you're okay. And then coffee, of course. Finland consumes more coffee per capita than any other country in the world. And there's only five million people in the country. They drink oh, about no. eight to nine cups a day. So it's it's not a light coffee either. It's super strong and, and some it can sometimes take a little getting used to. About 80% of their coffee is just a light roast drip coffee. And the darker roasts and the espressos and cappuccinos, etc., are relatively new to the country. They don't really drink them that often, but you can always find them at the cafes. So if that's what you really like to drink, you're not going to have a problem finding it. But in the lunch restaurants, you're really going to find just this super strong drip coffee. It's such a huge part of Finnish culture that they even have it written into their labor agreements at work that there shall be at least two 15-minute coffee breaks per day. There's <laughs> even, I love it. I'm moving there. <laughs> there's even words in the Finnish language for specific coffee times, like amukavi is morning coffee, and paiva kavi is day coffee, and ilta kavi is your evening coffee, and then of course sauna <laughs> coffee for sauna coffee. Of course, of course, and I'm sure there's an ice fishing coffee. Exactly. Like they have a hundred words for snow. They also have about twenty five words for coffee. And they even have specific cups for indoor and outdoor coffee drinking. So it's a, <laughs> it's a big part All of their right. culture. All right. So any parent out there who are just remotely into coffee, this is the country for you to visit. And you mentioned ice cream earlier. I mean, I'm sure it's not as, as crazy, but ice cream, do they have any particular pastries or something that, that they're known for? That You would be surprised about the ice cream, actually, if it's over... 45 degrees, it's warm enough for the ice cream stands to open. <laughs> so, um, but for, for so there's always ice cream to bribe the kids. Always ice cream. 
Finland has a really, really neat pastry culture. Every month there's a specific pastry. So in May, you can only get that. It's sort of like a, like a fair, the kind that uh, it's a fair treat. I can't recall what the name is, but you can only get each pastry that month. And then you have to wait for the rest of the year until that month again to have it again. So if you find one you like, you might not be able to get it again if it's a new month. Oh um, but kind of, it's really cool and it gets everybody looking forward to them. But there, there is a traditional kind of sweet snack called a vovali. And it's a waffle topped with all kinds of delicious things, anything you can imagine, including ice cream. And you'll find them in the Vovoli shops in every city. You'll have one. And they have the gluten-free version. They have lactose-free version. So, And also be sure to check out the candy aisles in a grocery store. You would be oh, yeah. amazed. They have three or four aisles dedicated to confections, not one like the U.S. Our friends who come from Finland to visit are always shocked at how small our candy aisle is in the states. It's wow, hilarious because I think I, I feel like it's a it's a I think they're massive. Big. Yeah, I think it's pretty big. But then they're like, well, you just don't have very much candy, and but they're used to three to four aisles. There's one whole aisle of just chocolate, and there's one whole aisle of kind of just the sour candies and it's it's crazy the kids would have a blast just going and picking out candies and candy's kind of one of those things that can be a souvenir that's really inexpensive if you're getting yeah. it at the grocery store and it's really fun to get home and open a box of all these different candies you picked out and try them because some are really crazy and <laughs> some are delicious if you're if you're careful and you only pick the kinds that you know you're gonna like they have salty candy and salty licorice and just all kinds of interesting things. That sounds that sounds amazing. I feel like now you definitely like sold me on. I have to visit. Between the coffee, the candy, the nature, I feel like this country and, and how family friendly it is. This Absolutely. country must be on the top list of, of any family. I think so. Is there anything... <laughs> Anything else? I mean, we've covered so many unique things already, but anything else that you want to sort of pass on as a as a parting thought on what families need to know? Any any last minute thoughts? Last minute thoughts. Despite maybe what you might read, the people here are really nice. They are quiet. That is true. But they speak only when they have something to say. So any introvert can really appreciate that. When they ask you a question, they truly care and want to know the answer. There's very little small talk and it's really, really refreshing. They can sit with their best friend over a cup of coffee and not say a single word. And it's just, it's really, really kind of a, a neat and refreshing difference because we're used to having something to say all the time. And their silence is golden. And so don't feel uncomfortable or offended if they don't talk to you in your taxi or on your tour. They're not being rude. That's just the way Finns are. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kat. I, I feel like we spent close to an hour and a half talking now, but what a wonderful place to have had a chance to live. And thank you so much for sharing all these wonderful recommendations and nuggets of advice with us. We'll make sure we'll put 
all of that into the show notes and links to you know articles on your site, the itineraries you created for us, and any other resources that might be helpful for a family who's now excited about planning a trip there. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I'm really, really excited to share one of my absolute favorite countries with everybody. Like you said, it really should be at the top of everyone's list to visit. Finland has definitely made it onto my bucket list. I hope we've inspired you to visit Finland as a family. And if you are planning a trip to Finland, hopefully we've answered some of your questions and got you even more excited for your adventure. If you know of anyone who might find this episode helpful, hit pause now and click the share icon. Also, if you're thinking about a trip to a completely different destination that you'd like us to cover, please let us know. You can email us at podcast at nugget.travel or you can send us a note through our website. Just go to nugget.travel slash podcast and fill out the little submission form at the bottom of the page. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a Go With Nugget adventure. Until next time.